There are no ambitions noble enough to justify breaking someone's heart. This emotion is what you will take away after reading today's forgotten book. Hello everyone. Welcome to this episode of Forgotten Books. I am the greedy reader and this is my podcast where I bring you books that should never be forgotten. Most of the books featured here were written many many years ago. If you know of any such book, a book that you feel should be read by a lot more people, then do send me a message on Instagram where I am the greedy reader or contact me on my website www.thegreedyreader.com or on my YouTube channel the greedy reader. I would love to hear from you. Today's forgotten book is The Thornbirds written by Colleen McCullough in 1977 published by Harper Row. It's about three women from three different generations of an Australian family. Fee, Maggie and Justin are the women in the Cleary family. Fee or Fiona and her husband Paddy Cleary are living in a farm in New Zealand. when the story starts with their four sons and youngest child Maggie or Megan who is 4 years old fee has had a tough life with a lot of regrets and bitterness she pours all her love into her oldest son Frank and little Maggie gets almost nothing no affection from her mother her brothers too are not you know they don't also have a lot of signs of affection from the mother but the boys are the least bothered by it but not little maggie she feels abandoned and it's the oldest brother frank who gives her the love that she wants he cherishes her and he holds her close to his heart and these two siblings have a very special bond it's frank who gives maggie the softness of love and the family dynamic is very conventional Paddy is a farm laborer and he expects his sons to follow his path. Frank who is apprenticing to a blacksmith hates his job, but he has no option other than to continue on the path that's chosen for him. Paddy and Frank never see eye to eye and they're often not talking to each other. When Maggie is 10 years old, Paddy's wealthy sister Mary Carson invites him to australia to help her manage her sheep station and thus starts their life at drogheda a place that gives them a more stable life as well as brings them loss after loss mary cousin is a widow who uses people mercilessly to get what she wants mary is in fact like a spider that waits patiently and weaves webs to trap people A very important character in this book is Father Ralph de Bricasa, a Catholic priest who is posted to the nearby town of Gillenburn. Father Ralph is an ambitious young man. He has been punished for insulting a bishop, and that's why he has been posted to this remote parish of Gillenburn. Mary Carson is enamored by this charismatic priest. She does all she can to entice him to break his vows. Father Ralph is also playing his own game. 
he feels that he can somehow use her wealth to get back into the good books of the church and thus get a prominent posting. It's at this point that Paddy and Fee move to Drogheda with their children. Paddy is overjoyed to be given charge of such a huge sheep station. He and his sons spend the whole day working to ensure the smooth functioning of Drogheda. Fee senses something very nasty and vile about Mary Carson. She feels that Mary is not as generous and open-hearted as Paddy thinks she is. Father Ralph develops an affection for Maggie, the neglected child. He is very protective of her. Meanwhile, Paddy and Frank just are not able to get along. Frank feels that his father is too uncaring of Fee and Paddy feels that Frank is too pampered by Fee. Which actually is not the truth. Because poor Frank works the hardest among all the sons of Paddy. Fee gets pregnant again. And that's the last straw for Frank. He sees his mother struggling with managing the house, the boys and Maggie and this huge homestead. So when he sees that she will be undergoing one more labour, he lashes out against Paddy. Paddy has been nurturing his resentment against Frank for a long time. So he also loses his temper and blurts out certain hidden truths which should never have been spoken. Frank leaves home after that quarrel. Fee gives birth to twin boys. With Frank gone and Fee totally busy, Maggie has no one to talk to or to take care of her. She develops a very close bond with Father Ralph and the affection is reciprocated. But Mary Carson, who sees Maggie forming a place for herself in Father Ralph's mind, is insanely jealous. Mary fails to notice that Maggie is a desperately lonely child and the kind young priest is only protecting her and being a friend for her. Mary Carson twists this into something that is not. But as Maggie grows older into a woman, there starts to appear the first tinges of something more than affection between her and Father Ralph. But Mary Carson is there. She spots this. And she devises a cruel plan to separate them. She knows there's only one thing that will keep Father Ralph away from Maggie. After so many years, Mary Carson knows she's dying. She had already made a will which had left all her property to her brother Paddy. But her mind becomes so consumed with the need to destroy whatever is growing between Ralph and Maggie that she revises her will. And she makes it known only to Father Ralph. The new will is obviously the work of a mind that is cruel and vindictive. According to the new will, the main beneficiary of her entire wealth is the Roman Catholic Church with Father Ralph as the executor. And when her true wealth, when the extent of her wealth is revealed, Father Ralph is shocked. Drogheda, which he and Paddy had thought was the main source of Mary's income, was just a hobby for her. She had 13 million pounds as her total assets from different investments. 
you must remember that this is 13 million pounds in 1977 so that's a humongous amount paddy and his future generations uh, would be given a nominal amount and they were given the rights to stay on in drogheda as long as they wanted that's it that's all that they were given this was grossly unfair to paddy who along with his sons had put in a huge amount of work into the farm over the years the provisions of the will were structured very shrewdly if the church wanted the money they could get it only through father ralph and this 13 million would be more than enough for father ralph to get back into a prime position in the center of the catholic church once the provisions of the will is made public it would be clear to everyone that it was very unjust to the cleary family mary had added the clause that ralph was not allowed to give this information to anyone so this is kind of like a bitter sweet period for ralph the hugely ambitious priest was happy thinking of a new career path for him he also was deeply sad thinking of leaving meggy on the night of mary carson's 75th birthday she dies and ralph takes the new will to mary's lawyer so mary had uh, you know she had prepared the new will with somebody else who was not her usual lawyer and so when ralph takes it to the lawyer he's horror stricken to see the grossly unjust will he tells ralph to destroy it so that the estate could pass on to the rightful heirs but 13 million pounds proves too tempting for father ralph and he refuses that night he leaves for sydney leaving maggie behind to a desperately lonely one he knows that she loves him he too is in love with her but his ambition proved greater than his love over the next years the cleary family is struck by tragedy after tragedy fee and maggie struggle to survive this period ralph visits them but only for a very short period a dissolution maggie ends up marrying luke o'neil he's a sheep shearer and the only two reasons one of which is not clear even to maggie is that he resembles father ralph a lot and the second reason is that he has nothing to do with the catholic church maggie hates anything to do with the catholic church by this time so she marries luke unfortunately he turns out to be a terrible person who sees women as mere objects of pleasure as you know someone who is there to keep his house running and to warm his bed that's all that he sees women for it's a blow to someone as strong and independent as maggie to see that this is what she has ended up with this is what her life has ended up with and uh, maggie has a daughter with luke called justin Uh, but the childbirth proves very difficult for Maggie and as usual Luke is not there he is gone off somewhere else and in the following weeks Maggie goes off to a small island to recuperate now father Ralph lands up there to say goodbye because he is leaving australia for rome uh, so uh, one thing is that i'm not telling you about a lot of the secondary characters who are there who prop up the story and who enrich the story who makes it more layered when you read it so i am just talking about the main characters and how their lives are going you know i just wanted to make it clear that this is not all that the story is okay <laughs> so after going to the island and meeting father ralph and 
Maggie comes back to her normal life, but she separates from Luke forever. She gets a divorce. Over the next year, Maggie has a son who she names Dane. And Father Ralph moves on to more important roles in Rome. Dane and Justin are best friends. In fact, Justin is fiercely protective of her brother and she's extremely close to him. She's not at all close to her mother. The children grow up. Drogheda becomes a place of old people because Maggie's brothers have not married. Then Justin decides to be an actress and she moves to England. Father Ralph has become a cardinal by now. Dane, in the meantime, expresses a wish to become a priest. Maggie is desolate. She feels that she has lost one more person to the church. But Dane is very, very uh, clear about what he wants. He goes into the church and he becomes very close to Father Ralph, who finds that he has a special affinity to this young man, his dearest Maggie's son. Justin, in the meantime, is having a whale of a time living it up in London and enjoying her freedom. And she meets a German politician called Rainer Hartem. They fall in love with each other. But before they can do anything about it, a terrible tragedy shatters Justin's life. By the end of the novel, Justin gets closure. But what about the other characters? How do they deal with the enormous loss that has split them apart? What happens to Father Ralph and his ambition? What about Maggie and Dane and Rainer? You should read this book to find out. Thornbirth has also been made into a very, very successful series long back. So any of you interested in it can check it out on YouTube where they are sure to have at least some excerpts of it. So Thornbirds by Colleen McCullough was written in a completely different period of time when thought processes and the social language itself were so different. So when you read the book today, you might find it slightly dated. But it is an interesting story of people who are bound to their fate without any hope of escape. It's about flawed individuals who are not totally bad in spite of the terrible decisions that they take. It's a glimpse of a different world and a different way of life. It's also the story of strong women who fall in love with the wrong men. Of vulnerable women who refuse to bow down to the setbacks that destiny has in store for them. Read The Thornbirds by Colleen McCullough. Now for the book recommendation for the day that is similar to the forgotten book of today. The book I have chosen does not have any overt similarity to the Thornbirds, but I feel that this too is a story of strong women. Women who are beaten down by fate, but who try time and again to rise up. Women who started life with the odds stacked against them, but who tried to live life on their terms. Women who lived, failed and tried again and again. The book I have for you today is 10 minutes 38 seconds in the strange world by my favorite author, Elif Shafak. I'll just read the blurb for you, which is behind the book. In the first minute following her death, Tequila Lela's consciousness began to ebb, slowly and steadily like a tide receding from the shore. Her brain cells, having run out of blood, 
were now completely deprived of oxygen but they did not shut down not right away for lela each minute after her death brings a sensuous memory the taste of spiced goat stew sacrificed by her father to celebrate the long awaited birth of a son the sight of bubbling vats of lemon and sugar which the women used to wax their legs while the men attend mosque the scent of cardamom coffee that lela shares with a handsome student in the brothel where she works each memory too recalls the friends she made at each key moment in her life friends who are now desperately trying to find her so that was a blurb of 10 minutes 38 seconds in the strange world by elif shafaq it's a book that moved me to tears it's a terrific novel that i feel is a must read go out there my lovely listeners and get this book read it enjoy it and then come back and tell me how you found it i will be waiting right here on forgotten books and i love books that have female characters who are real who have insecurities weaknesses and who also have immense fortitude and strength these are the kind of women i see around me hope all of you have found something to like in today's forgotten book unfortunately now it's time to get back to our lives time to dream of forests while our minds wrestle with work and home chores and lists and the never ending adulting that brings us to our knees but we will get strength from fee and maggie and justin and lela and we will forge ahead into the next day tight hug to all my lovely people listening to me today you guys rock all of you take good care of yourselves okay we have to meet again next week with the next forgotten book till then you stay safe my people bye bye